Welcome to the Discover Durham podcast, a podcast about the people that make Durham, North Carolina such an amazing place to visit. I'm your host, Craig Carter, Discover Durham's social media manager. Heralded as one of the nation's most important institutions by the New York Times and as the world's greatest dance festival by the New York Post, the American Dance Festival's sustained record of creative achievement is indivisible from the history of modern dance. And this year, Durham is celebrating the ADF's 90th anniversary. Our guest today is the executive director of the American Dance Festival, Jody Nimerichter. Thanks for having me with you here today, Craig. Thank you for joining us. Did I pronounce your name correctly? You did an amazing job. Okay, wonderful. (laughs) I'm glad we're off to a good start. So for those who aren't familiar, what is the American Dance Festival? That's the hardest question you could probably ask me today because I, um, we are many things, but I think from uh, people in a community here, they're probably going to see us as a wonderful season of performances. We host over 20 companies usually during a season and the companies come from all over the world. So we are a festival that helps nurture, um, commission new work and present to companies at all points of their career. And we open those up for audiences to come and enjoy. What audiences might not know is simultaneously we are a school. So during the season, we have students from around the world come to participate in multiple intensives. We have an intensive for 18 years and older. We have an intensive for 13 to 17 year olds. We have intensives or workshops for um, educators. We have um, creative artists who want to come back and be nurtured. We have now year-round studios on Broad Street, and we offer camps. We do residencies for artists. We do outreach. We're going into the community, and we're offering free classes. We do humanities programs. We have a wonderful screen dance festival that offers uh, free showings of movies made by makers specifically for the camera. Um, So there is so many different elements that are happening at the festival, Um, But we're really primarily concerned about caring for choreographers and their work and training dancers to be future performers in those choreographers' works and or choreographers or teachers themselves. Um, So we really call ourselves a home of an art form. Uh, And I just think it's really hard in a very condensed amount of time for us to totally convey to everyone what we are. Um, But we hope that people will not only come see performances, but we offer behind the scenes tours of the school so they can see the kids in classes. Um, So there's many entry points and we just invite people to visit our website and come check us out and call us for questions. We love to share any knowledge or information we can about the festival. That's great. How did it start and how did it end up in Durham? Sure. The festival was founded at Bennington College in 1934. So it has a very long legacy. As you said, we're celebrating 90 years. It has also always prospered and survived on a college or university campus. So after being at Bennington for some years, it did move to Connecticut College in 1948. And then it came to Durham in 1978. 
I think, you know, things have a season to be at different places. And when it felt like it was time to consider alternatives to Connecticut College, there was a wonderful uh, selection committee that was put together to really see where would be the next great place for ADF to go. And a request for proposals went out across the nation. Uh, over 40 responses came back. 11 were looked at very, very seriously by the committee, and then it was narrowed down to three. Um, and as ADF likes to say, Duke and Durham were the winners. So we've been here since uh, 1978. This is our 46th season in Durham and on the campus of Duke University. And it's been a really, I think, amazing place for ADF to prosper. The town has really grown up with ADF, and I think we have built audiences, and the audiences have surrounded us with enormous uh, love and devotion and passion for modern dance, which might not have been uh, deeply known about until ADF came here. Nice. So you mentioned modern dance. For those who aren't familiar with that type of dance, how would you describe it? So I think the, again, a really great challenge is uh, describing what it is. What I can say is modern dance is really built on individual creativity and the expansiveness of what it can be is the jewel of what it is. And so that we don't try to put a box around it. Uh, sometimes I like to use a metaphor. Um, if you like ice cream, which most people do, there are some people that cannot eat it because it might make them sick, or there's some people that might not like ice cream. But for the majority of people, ice cream is pretty delicious. If you think about then, not only do you like ice cream, but how many possible flavors there are, I would say that's sort of the same for modern dance. There's so many different kinds. There's lyrical, there's athletic, there's more dance theater. There's some that are made with spoken word. There's some that are... Um, uh, have all kinds of incredible design elements. There are some that are made for intimate spaces and some for expansive proscenium stages and some for site-specific spaces and swimming pools and parks and ponds. Uh, we've sort of done it all. So it's hard to put a definition on it, but we're more interested in the possibilities of what the art form can do. So what can that individual creativ creativity create? And therefore, for the audiences, it's very hard for us to always market what we're presenting. So I like to say to people, please come out and experience a performance. But know what you're seeing is just one possibility of the ex expansiveness of the field. So just like going to a museum, there's so many different paintings. Come back again and experience a different piece because it's going to be very different. I hope that answers a little bit, but it, it's not easy. I have people in the audience often saying to me, why did you curate that as part of the season? Is that dance? And instead of worrying about whether we call it modern dance or dance, I prefer to say, did it resonate with you? If it resonated with you, then it's doing something that we're trying to do and make the arts connect and make a feeling and you see the world in maybe a little bit different way. That's great. You know, all these years that ADF has been around, it's attracted some very famous people, including Madonna. Yes, the Madonna. Uh, who are some of the more famous people who have attended the festival? So I think the other people that you would recognize is Betty Ford, was a student at the ADF, and uh, Debbie Allen of fame, 
um, fame, <laughs> fame, fame. They were both students. But then I think there's all the other incredibly, we call them um, very famous people, but they are within the field. And I don't know that everybody always knows that Paul Taylor and Merce Cunningham and Trisha Brown and Martha Clark, all these luminaries within the field were also students at ADF. So it's sort of fun to see, yes, the 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 amazing people that go on to do different things in different fields that are prominent, but it's also amazing to see how much um, a choreographer has roots at ADF from the time that they're young. So every year we're always like, you know, how many students performing with the choreographers are former students at the ADF? How many choreographers performing uh, were once students? And this season alone, there are 11 choreographers' works that are being presented as part of the season that were students at ADF at one time. That's very cool. Have you built up relationships with these folks? Over I would the years? love. I would love to say that uh, we have a great community of people that are um, supportive. I think the people in the field are probably closer knit to us. I would say everybody's probably saying you must reach out to Madonna. I'm not going to lie to you. We have tried multiple times. It's very <laughs> hard to get access to Madonna. So if anybody out there listening to this has access to Madonna, please let us know. She has been uh, generous to the point of giving us some money for scholarship, but oh, wow. not in recent years. So we would we would love to re-engage her. <laughs> it's over two months. The festival's over two months. I imagine that can be a little overwhelming for people who might not be familiar, who might want to try it out for the first time. What would you recommend for people who are interested in seeing shows? Yeah, I think one of the companies that most people are familiar with and really is a gateway to modern dance, and I think it's a welcoming word and a use a word used by the company themselves, but Palabolus will be here in um, June. And I think they're wonderful because they can have very uh, serious work. They can have very lighthearted work, but they are amazing partner and collaborators in creating unique movement, but that is very accessible and accessible. I mean, in the nicest, kindest way, I think it makes people smile. It makes them engage. It makes them feel like, oh my God, I can't believe their bodies can do that. So it takes you to another world. And I would say if you've never come to the ADF, definitely consider coming to Palabolus. I think you would be highly uh, engaged and that could be a great entry point. I do think, you know, the other question that always comes up is like, what is modern in the sense? And we are presenting Rennie Harris's uh, company, Rennie Harris Pure Movement, which is an hour long street dance and hip hop performance. It is incredibly riveting with energetic mu music and movement. And so I think if you're not sure yet, if you're interested in modern dance, it might be great to come out to see that company because you have probably experienced it in a club or on TV or in the streets. So you would have some um, acknowledge of what you're seeing. And that could then be a translation to seeing other shows at ADF. But those are two. There's many that I would love to highlight, but I would suggest those two. Okay, great. What have been some of your favorite shows that you've seen over the years? As we say, a question like that gets really hard to answer because they're all sort of like children and you care very much for all of them. Um, and, you know, I'm hand, I'm hand curating, so I don't necessarily like to pick out favorites, but I will say something that has resonated incredibly, incredibly deeply is Crystal Pite uh, from Canada did a work called Bentrophenheit. And it's a very harrowing work 
um, very much a uh, dialogue dance theater work made about a very tragic situation. But it is um, one man going through his consciousness of dealing with a tragic incident. And he has all these alter egos that are his conscience and they're talking and the dancing is dramatic. The, the message is dramatic. And I think it's one of those once in a lifetime experiences that if I ever had a chance to see it again anywhere, I probably would fly to see it. Wow. It's, it was riveting. And I think it left a deep impression in a lot of people's minds that saw it that year. It was at AUDF. That's great. Any others? I just, I love, I'm going to say, I think that's maybe the one I'll, I'll stay with uh, personally, but I will say that as a whole, it's always riveting when people come to you and say, oh my gosh, this piece was amazing. When are you going to bring it back? Because we're always trying to balance bringing back works, preserving history, and then also supporting the future. But there is a piece that we're presenting this summer called This Land is Your Land, and it's by Mark Keim. And he presented it uh, for us 10 years ago with his own dancers. And there's been so much people uh, coming up to me and saying how much that has resonated in their minds. Will I ever bring it back? So we are bringing it back this year. We're presenting it at the Nasher Museum of Art at Duke University. And we're thrilled because this year, even though his dancers are phenomenal, we had him audition local performers. So there are 12 North Carolina artists among uh, two of his own uh, performers that came from Seattle, and they're working together to recreate and represent this piece. And it is one of those pieces. The movement might be simple, a lot of pedestrian movement, but it is profoundly impactful and seeing it in a more intimate experience in this beautiful, expansive space of the atrium of the museum, I think is riveting. So we're excited to bring something back that people have held on so dearly and to let... Um, our local, you know, we have an amazing amount of talent in this community. So to get that local talent to mix and work with talent that is national is, I think, a very fulfilling thing for me to see happening. And I'm excited to be able to present that this summer. That's great. So you mentioned things like intensives for dancers, performers, what types of activities, classes, things can um, th does the festival offer performers? So I, I think if you live in this community, what's great is you could consider being a part-time student and taking one of the 10-plus classes that are happening in three different time periods at any given day during the season. But we also have our year-round studios, so we do offer also drop-in classes there that are not part of the intensives but are open to the community. We have all kinds of camps, and uh, this isn't, you know, not per for performers, but we also have a wonderful Parkinson's program. So individuals with Parkin Parkinson's disease or their caretakers can come and take these classes. So we're trying to provide movement in the widest possible um, way to all ages and all abilities. So I think there's lots of free classes this year also at the studios because we are celebrating the 10th anniversary of our studios being built on Broad Street. So we encourage people to check out what's happening all the time, but to come take advantage of these free classes that will happen on Saturdays. So everything is laid out pretty smoothly and nicely, hopefully on our website. And if not, you'll tell us and we'll try to improve upon it. Okay, wonderful. That sounds great. How did you end up as the director of ADF? I think it's luck a little bit and a lot of hard work. 
um, a passion for dance, uh, really have a love affair with the festival. It's It's been a long history now. I've been at the ADF in a capacity almost, almost consecutively since 1991. I did leave for a little brief moment, but I grew up as a dancer and I realized I got into um, SUNY Purchase, which is a wonderful conservatory for dance. And I decided at the last minute, and I think I sort of surprised my parents that I decided I didn't want to pursue dance as a career. I loved dancing so much and I loved taking class, but performing was never like the crux of what made me feel radiant and like um, the need to be doing it more than anything. So I switched my whole career path and I ended up going to New York University and I stopped dancing, but I was a very um, pretty poor college student and looking for experience and looking for work. And I went to the college admissions office and they had this uh, wonderful book of possible internships. So I was scouring through the internships and it was really like a treasure trove of amazing possibilities. So you could get internships at Lincoln Center or uh, at an amazing company, Mark uh, Mark Morris, Paul Taylor, Bill T. Jones, uh, you name it, Morris Cunningham. And I came upon this one that says American Dance Festival. And in all honesty, I had never heard of the American Dance Festival, or I thought I had never heard of the American Dance Festival. But their offer was 20 hours of uh, work in exchange for one uh, performance a week and two dance classes. And I was like, that's a pretty great deal. So I called the office, and at the time, there was a very small office in New York City, uh, four people worked there, and then the main office was down in Durham. And I called and I said, I would love to internship for you during the fall of my senior year. And they were sort of like, are you sure that you want to intern with us in New York, not during the ADS season? And I'm like, well, I live here. I could do that. They let me come in and intern in the fall. It was the most amazing, eye-opening experience. I was working with the co-directors at the time. And the internship finished, and I went back to finish my last semester of school. Uh, just after spring break, they called and asked if I would love uh, to come work with them as an executive assistant. So I had a job before I graduated. I started working with ADF before um, before I did graduate. And I will say it really was like these two amazing people, Charles and Stephanie Reinhardt, really became my mentors in life. And so I worked with them. And every time I started to feel a little bored, I would go to them and they would give me more and more challenges. And I just got to listen and be part of this incredible world of dance and they introduced me to so much that I kept growing and I kept growing but because it's a small office um, it was time that I was like okay maybe I really need to leave and get a different kind of experience and right when I was thinking to do that of doing that ADF got money to do a television series called the African-American presence in modern dance so it was great. They hired a completely separate office and they had a wonderful film producer who organized this series and they let me come on to work with them in that capacity because there was nobody that had dance experience. So I worked on that for th three years. Another great opportunity came up at public television. And so I went to work at Dance America um, and that series ended up getting funneled through me. And the long story is, uh, sorry, very long, is that while I was at uh, Dance in America, uh, my mentor, one of the two, Stephanie Reinhardt, came down with leukemia. And so um, the very bitter, bittersweet is Charles invited me uh, to come back to work at the festival. So I worked with him with many for multiple years in the um, associate director and then co-director. And then when he was getting ready to retire, 
I was put forth to the board of directors and they selected me. So I think it's sort of like a, a weird, wonderful history with some bittersweetness in it. But uh, ADF and the Reinhardts opened up my world to this uh, incredible devotion to the possibilities and the expansion of what I grew up thinking dance was. And I'll be forever grateful for that. I just feel so excited to have worked with them. And also, I moved to Durham 14 years ago because no director had ever lived in North Carolina. So I feel like I've been able to, um, as I say, the, the festival went sort of international in the 80s. And I sort of feel like even though ADF was located in North Carolina for so many years, I was able to sort of have ADF, I think, and I'm trying to go even deeper, is to grow in the very home that it exists and be expansive within the community for the the artists that live here to widen our programs year round and to have our first ever year round studios that we own ourselves on Broad Street. So long history and just, yeah, very fortunate and grateful for all the partnerships and all the people that have made it all possible. That's wonderful. So this year we have some major awards to hand out. What can you tell us about the recipients? So we're thrilled. One of those performances I talked to you about earlier, Rennie Harris, Pure Movement, we are thrilled to celebrate and give the Samuel H. Scripps American Dance Festival Award for Lifetime Achievement in Choreography to Rennie Harris. It comes with a $50,000 honorarium and a beautiful trophy made by an artist, um, but to really highlight the impact that he has had on the field. He was the first person to bring hip hop to the concert stage, and he has just um, throughout his career excelled in creation of new incredible works that also invite audiences of all kind to come together and, um, you know, really embrace dance. And I think um, he's also working to really educate people on what hip hop is and street uh, dance. So we're thrilled to honor him. So that'll happen at the top of that performance. Uh, we're also really um, deeply care about educators. And we're going to honor Jody Arnhold with our teaching tribute. She is a fierce person who is dedicated to making sure that no child is left behind and that everyone that she possibly can make it available to gets the opportunity to experience dance either in a studio or through live performance, because we all, I think, know what the power of experiencing and seeing the arts can do to a child's life. So for all that she has done, and she's also created, um, it's called the uh, Dell uh, Laboratory of these classes, uh, we're going to honor her with the teaching award. So we're thrilled about that. And then we have our amazing own in the community and ADF family, Jerry Houlihan, who is teaching with us for the 40th year this summer, and we're dedicating the season to her. So we will honor her at the top of the faculty and musicians concert. And then we're also going to honor and celebrate Tony Johnson, who lives in the area and is all about um, activating people and getting people who you think are not dancers to uh, come into a dance studio with him and experience dance and uh, think about what it means to move. So we're going to celebrate him um, in a special ceremony. And he has 23 community members who are not dance people creating a work with him that will be performed. So yeah, we're really happy to celebrate these amazing people. Very cool. Before we wrap up, is there anything that we didn't talk about that you'd like to talk about? 
Craig, I'm just so grateful for this opportunity. I would just uh, maybe just say moments like these are truly a blessing for the performing arts because with the changing of the world, having gone through COVID, media is completely different. People are completely different. And uh, the performing arts can really only exist with people coming out to celebrate and embrace them. So I just ask everyone that might hear this, that if you haven't been to ADF for a while, consider coming back out. If you have come before or you haven't come before, but you have a friend that might like dance, bring them to spread the word large and far. And it's not just for ADF. I mean, it's for really all the arts. We have to get participants to come back out and enjoy the arts. It's a great message and something that is needed, not just for the artists, but for all of us. Yes. It's a whole ecosystem and it, it really, we all depend upon each other. So Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Craig. It's great to be with you. If you're a visitor in town, make sure to stop by our Visitor Info Center at 212 West Main Street for personalized recommendations of things to do. You can subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. To follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, search for Discover Durham. Thank you to American Underground and Earfluence for hosting us in their podcast studio. And a special thank you to Blackspace and Zone for our music. I'm Craig Carter with Discover Durham. Thank you for listening.